Welcome to the Blip Podcast, where we help agents build agencies. Today, I got to speak with Seth Zaremba of Zinc Insurance and Neon. I love this guy. He is so passionate. I mean, he's as passionate about this industry, maybe even more, as I am, and it totally shows. Seth's been working on a project that is going to change the way that we do business as independent agency owners. I'm super pumped for it. Uh, it sounds like it's launching in about a year um, after all the testing and, and all that stuff is complete. I also had Wes Anderson on to help make the big ideas and the technical aspects palatable for those who don't speak tech nerd. Wes is always a nice welcomed addition to the show. So let's get into it. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by our anti-aggregator, Blue Lion Insurance Partners, BLIP for short. Find out more about what we're doing and how you can become an agent at bluelioninsurancepartners.com. Without further delay, here's my conversation with Seth and Wes. Candy, sir? No, this is uh, low carb, just standard blue. This is my go-to daily. I kind of alternate coffee monster uh, throughout the day. And then when I get home, my wife forces me to drink water. She hooks you up to an IV tube. Basically. We have, I won't even get into it. We have this ongoing um, carbonated water is not really water debate. I'm obviously on the, it is water. And she says, no, it's not. I'm like, eh, I think that's been debunked by now. But anyway. Um, Okay. So we're live right now. Um, Awesome. Yeah. So everyone that's joining us, welcome to the Blip podcast. Uh, where we help insurance agents build successful agencies. And um, real quick, just want to say if you've received any sort of value from our previous episodes or if you do from this one, please subscribe to it um, anywhere you'd find it. If you're listening to the podcast or if you're seeing it on the YouTube channel, leave a review, share it, and and subscribe. It really helps us out. Um, So this show is brought to you by our master insurance agency, Blue Line Insurance Partners, BLIP for short. Um, find out how we are changing the industry at bluelioninsurancepartners.com. And now to my guests. So um, first off, I have Wes Anderson uh, with Agency VA with us once again. So this is the fourth attempted time to have Wes <laughs> on the show and probably about the second and a half time because one of them was about halfway through. Yeah. So anyway... Most people by this point know Wes doesn't need much of an introduction. Um, so Wes, thanks, man, for joining us again. I am so excited to be here, and I couldn't be more happy to share this podcast with Seth. Um, yeah, introduce for, Seth for, for me, Wes. Introduce. You Seth. got it. Here, I love this introduction. I get asked actually quite frequently. Who is Seth Zaremba? It's kind of wow. like Atlas Shrugged. Who is John Galt? Wow. And uh, <laughs> and my introduction for Seth is is really really simple. Uh, when I was in my mid twenties, so a little bit more stupid than I currently am, and uh, a lot less well less money, uh, I tried to do what Seth has accomplished, and so. In my investigation and learning of Seth, I was like, oh my gosh, all the pain points that I felt as a snot-nosed punk that didn't have enough funds, you have broke through those barriers. 
in the mission that you have and who you are as a person and what you stand for and where you want to see the industry, everything aligned. And uh, there was instant chemistry when I communicated with Seth. I think it's because a lot of the stuff I fell at and wasn't able to achieve, he has figured it out and, and has broken through. And so empathetically, we can communicate because I felt what he's going through. And I'm excited for the journey that I'll continue to feel what he's going through. And with Agency VA, we can be a large source of muscle um, you know, to really help this vision that he has move forward. So I introduce Seth as version 3.0 of Wes. Nice. Wow. <laughs> and also a shaman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, wow. Seth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome to be here. Yeah. yeah well, we appreciate it. So, um, man, I, uh, it's so funny. I, I, can pretty much always remember when I first hear about somebody and I, my reaction is usually the same every time. Who's that guy? Like, who is this person? How do I like, are they worth, you know, even me friending on Facebook or whatever. And like, I'm always shocked. Cause like I had no idea who you were Seth until probably three or four months ago. And then I'm like, she came out of nowhere, but obviously not, you know, you've been around. So um, I would love to, start maybe kind of do a little backstory on you start where you came from how have you where where have you been in the insurance industry yeah i've been everywhere <laughs> <laughs> um and, and i think that's probably what's led me to a lot of things is i've kind of had a privileged view of the industry um i i came in i came in as a steel fitter so i walked off the factory floor in 2000 and into the insurance industry and as a matter of fact the factory i worked in is 20 miles um east of where my office is now on the same road like wow. i worked at a factory 20 miles away from where i'm at now um so I, not knowing anything about the industry i just started volunteering and, and attending meetings not uncommon um to what people are doing today but um ended up on boards of associations end up advising um uh, advising carriers on technology type issues early on because I was young at the time and not anymore. And, um, and then started working on industry solutions. I'm a builder. I, I, I make things and, um, you know, whatever the industry issue was at the time, everybody was looking for young people that would tackle it. And so I started doing that. So having sat on association board, having been a producer at an agency that sold to a national conglomerate, started my own, started, a um, a network access provider, Indium, uh, I've seen the industry from a ton of different directions, which I think that's a function of age. It doesn't say anything about me. I mean, I'm sure you guys, as you get older, will be in the same position. But yeah, it was just a chance to see every piece of the industry from every angle. And I think at that point, once you've seen that, you can start connecting the dots. And until you've had the time in the industry to understand how things get done or how, how they don't get done, it's hard to make those connections. And I think to Wes's introduction, you know, when you're younger, you, you think everything's a, a linear path to success, right? <laughs> and, and it's really, in this industry, it's just not. And so the story, the road is paved with bodies that tried to just um, solve a thing and get it done and push it through this industry. The wall of the industry just leaves them dead on the side of the street. And so having seen all of that, um, I only feel now capable to even jump out and say, all right, I think we can do this better. And that's, I think that's what people are, starting to know me for. I'm just a dude. I sell insurance. I'm a steel fitter at heart. And, um, but I'm sick of things being broken. And if, if it's in our power finally to fix it, I just want to do that and then just get lost again. So how, 
So you, you're an insurance agency owner right now, currently. Yeah, I have an agency in Cleveland, Ohio called Zinc. Um, we do business in 47 states. We've got a good online business growing, but we've got a traditional agency that sells in, in Cleveland, Ohio, Ohio and surrounding states. And we do a lot of marketing, um, which I think was unusual. And we started in 2014 doing digital marketing. That wasn't as common. Now it's very common, but back then it, it wasn't. And so got a good foothold in just running and growing a startup agency. We started in 08 and we just in January 29th of this year, we just ended our 10th year in business. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So I have to ask this question. 47 states. Yeah. Two, I'm guessing, are Alaska and Hawaii. You don't. We write. have Hawaii. I have, you have I'm, Hawaii. Excuse me. We have Alaska. We okay. have Alaska covered. Yeah. <laughs> Hawaii's funky. So when you said we have Hawaii, that threw me for a loop. We, we don't have Hawaii. Yeah. Who were the two? So or, Louisiana is because of hurricanes and because of insurance regulators. And then there's like one state out west where we just can't find a customer. So it's like, <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but apparently we just we don't. Our zinc does not have street cred in that state, whatever it is. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, um, so the, what we're talking about today is kind of the future of insurance, yeah. um, specifically on the independent agency and really kind of what that looks like. I feel like you're one of the people who has um, a really good idea and vision of what it's going to look like. Things are happening right now, kind of leading to that. Thought maybe we could talk about that, like things like API, things that people don't that they hear a lot about, right? You always hear about API, open API, open API, but what really is that? How does that play into what you're doing currently and, and what we all have to look forward to or need to be prepared for? Well, and maybe can I interject on yeah. and, and tee off Seth for something that might be a little bit more effective than API discussions? Um, really, I think what we're experiencing in the insurance world is uh, like I, I think more focus should be on data. And right now, from a data perspective, we have the ability to go as fast as a Lamborghini, but we're all in golf carts. And so, we're trying to go as fast as we can. And we, we're pushing that pedal down. And we want to race the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis, but our golf cart has a governor on it that's slowing us down. And so I think the unique part of what Seth brings to the table is, look, we want that data to flow freely and we want to be able to race with the Ferraris and the Lamborghinis. We don't want to be a golf cart anymore. And the governor that is our, uh, I mean, everyone has to tread lightly around this, but the governor that's keeping everything slow is where all the data is funneling into. Mm -hmm. And I mean, okay. I don't know like if you guys like to name names or be blunt or how politically correct we're going to be on this podcast, but that I think sets the stage for Seth very well to then expound on whatever direction he wants to take it. But that's what we're dealing with is data is traveling right now at the speed of a Lamborghini and a Ferrari. And we're in the independent channel stuck in golf carts. Let me say two things before Seth, before you get into this, Go ahead. one yeah. thing I absolutely am not beholden to anybody. Right. Okay. So speak your mind, say what you want to say. If there's a company who's detracting from what the, where the industry should be going and you want to talk about it, go for it. If there's something on the, someone on the other end, talk about it. doesn't matter to me. So that's, that's number one. Number two, how freaking annoying are the governors on golf carts when you're driving <laughs> and you're the like, the problem, you know, this thing's got, twice as much speed in it and you're just sitting there oh it drives me crazy anyway 
Okay. There's yeah, a reason yeah, yeah. I use that golf cart analogy is because <laughs> when I was 16 or 17, we actually learned how to pill the seat back, take a golf cart tee, bypass the governor, with and that cart. lasted with golf carts, and that lasted one trip because we rolled the cart. So I I use that golf cart analogy and the governor by which I'm talking about where the data funnels through on the independent channel is Ivan's and Ivan's bless their hearts. Cause after you say bless their hearts, you can say whatever's on your mind. Ivan's is governing it and having us operate and go the speed of a golf cart. And you know what? We don't need that. But so that's so right now they literally, to my knowledge, they're the only company that's, providing what they provide, right? And at least they're doing what they're doing. Because if they weren't doing what they were doing, you know, talk about, you wouldn't even have a golf cart. You'd have a sure. uh, Hot Wheels, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> well, Seth, you're I'm up. Here. How about, um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a peacemaker and a lover. So how about, <laughs> how, about we, how about we talk about both of those? I think, I think the issue is movement, right? So you guys both just talked about, um, the channel and, 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 and the relative disdain most people have for it because of its legacy nature and because of um, who owns it and what they do with it. But movement of data is, is important. It, it, the values of all our business and organization are information, right? And so, um, and, and that's just the world we live in because we're all hooked up to devices and because di- devices dictate um, strategy and tactics, um, information is really important. So those old pipes, those those corroded old pipes that the industry uses to run information through um, are at a point now where they're at the end of their life cycle from a practical standpoint. And APIs um, it, it are simply the program, the, the, the programs that allow computers to talk to each other and move more and different information together. When you get that kind of movement happening, now to Wes's point, you have um, you 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 can start to aggregate to make and to consume data, right? And so, if you get the free flow happening, the movement of information, the the importance of information goes up, and the value of the people who create it and hold it goes up. And so, then you've got something that now enhances people's ability. Data is information, right? So if you look at movement and then creation of of data, then you can turn data, and this is where we're at now, you can turn data into insights. And that's really the important thing. How many whiteboard sessions have you been at any agency or business where you talk about data or information, but it doesn't turn into anything actionable? Mm -hmm. People leave the meeting and they're like, you know what, that's really interesting to know. I have no idea how to use it on a Tuesday in March. Now we can move information, we can collect and aggregate information, and we can turn those into insights. And those insights can powerful, meaningful customer engagement that we didn't have before. And so I think that's the moment we're at. And, and frankly, it is just a moment in time. Everything has evolved to the point where it's now possible to do that. And so while the other legacy um, providers of all this stuff have billions of dollars in those old pipes, there's this moment now where people like you and I can just do it ourselves. And, and we should not wait to have it done for us anymore. We should just do it ourselves. And when Wesley tried this years ago, maybe the environment wasn't there, but it is now. And um, now's the moment where if you're interested in owning, making, and using data, if you're interested in knowing more about your customers and being able to leverage that into meaningful behaviors that make you as an agent more relevant, then man, you're living in the right time and you're hanging with the right, with the right crowd. So what, okay. So, um, can you 
break down, or maybe Wes, this is where you could jump in, kind of yeah. what you're talking about and make it more tangible for yeah. people who are listening, right? Because talking about data and using data to enhance the customer experience, that kind of thing, um, what, like, an example of that. I, I can do this because I'm version 1.0. He's version 3.0, so he's a lot faster than me. So I'll slow it down. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll wrap it up a little. And I've, I've explained this to a, a couple agents. Um, and, and the way that I, that I understand it, when you talk about the data that exists with an insurance agency, unfortunately, as I've, as I've watched the behavior of multiple insurance agency owners when I discuss this, they immediately put up like, uh, a force of resistance and say, dude, we have social security numbers. We have bank account information. We have all, that's not the data that we're talking about. Like, yeah. like shelf, shelf that data. The data that we're talking about that we actually have access to is customer behavior and the customer behavior and the customer experience, that data is gold. And what Seth is basically uh, saying, what version 1.0 can make it a lot more simple, is there is a value to that data. And we have it. And, and they, I don't care what book you read, um, all these books reference uh, the story. They all, they all say it in different ways, but they'll tell the story of the farmer who sells his farm to go hunt for gold. And then the dude that buys his farm goes in the creek in the backyard and all, there's just a gold mine that existed. Okay. Yeah. That's how insurance data is. There's a lot of people out there that are selling their farm and looking for gold, but there's already gold that exists within customer behavior, customer data within our own agencies. It's accessing that, making it tangible, making it, um, um, what was the other word that I really like to use? It's, it's, um, quantifying that and, 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 and being able to, to, to prove and conceptualize this is why. A lot like Seth said are whiteboard conversations, but uh, what he's created is a, this is why. It's not what Wes thinks or what Seth, Seth thinks. This is data that's driving this discussion. This is data that's telling us why. Yeah, and Josh, let me give you a, maybe for agents who are listening and, and maybe even for yourself, a practical example. If And I'll just use simple terms here, but obviously the numbers matter and you need to build massive systems to do it, which is where we have to go. But Let's just say in your agency, a um, hundred people called to cancel over the course of a month, right? Okay. And let's just say that all of those people had identifying data points around them, their age, the number of policies, how long they were with an agency, right? So there were all these data points associated with it, right? And now when they canceled, you could go back and look what the commonality of them were. So if you could understand the common factors of what you as an agent did, what they as a customer did, or what the carrier did, and you could relate it to the behavior, which was cancellation, you could now reasonably, if you had the volume and structure, you could begin to predict what's gonna happen. So the next person who called in to cancel, you could look through all the common factors and you'd be able to say, hey, if we did this, this, and this, the likelihood for them to cancel would significantly go down because we've seen all of this data move up and down. Now, of course, you have to structure it the way, right way. You have to have volume, right, to be statistically accurate. But that's a real practical example of being able to say, um, before you pick up the phone, give a service person in an agency three things they could do that would reduce the likelihood of a customer to leave. That is a doable thing. And that's, that's really what we're talking about, taking data, making, making it behind the scenes, and then providing insights to people in our agency, whether they be salespeople, 
service people or even marketers on what's likely next to happen and what they can do to either enhance an outcome or prevent a, a negative outcome from happening. It, it's, it's really simple. It's hard to get there, but it's a simple concept. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so what with something like that, like getting to that point of having, not necessarily just having that data, but being able to analyze it like that. I mean, how I'm trying to think of the amount of, of time it would spend to actually do that, like to actually analyze that amount of data. Yeah. Like so, that seems to me that that would be kind of the bottleneck for most things. For sure. And in human terms, um, you would be right. So there's two things about data that you need to know. One, um, the quality or structure of it. So if it isn't structured the right way, you can't do anything with it, right? If, if, you, if, if 10 agents put 10 things in a system 10 different ways, and then you look at one system to analyze it, you're not going to get anything. So quality and structure, and then you're right, volume of data go to the ability uh, of it to be reliable and credible. Then you need to be able to analyze it, and no human can do that. But we're at the point now with platform technology and with artificial intelligence and machine learning, where you can ask the, the AI motors to look at all of those behaviors and correlated outcomes mm -hmm. and begin to predict what's likely going to happen, happen on the next phone call. And so that is something that held us back in the past. That's frankly something that probably held Wesley back from being successful in V1, right? But that's not where we live today. We've made enough advancements where the computers, the machines, they can do that and they can do it in seconds. So, um, our, so it sounds like the conversation we're having right now is not necessarily just related to being able to, um, to, I guess, search that data and find commonalities and that sort of thing. Not necessarily just a system that isn't able to do that, but Wes, you had said the access to the data is not there right now. What like, so, okay. And like we just talked about Lexus Nexus kind of is the one company that does that. They basically are the go-between between the insurance companies and our management systems right now. Is that right? Did you say that? That was yeah. Ivan's. Or sorry, Lex Ivan's, not Lexus, yeah. but Ivan's. So, um, so what, I mean, there's additional data that they could be sending to us that they don't? Or is there like, do the insurance companies just not have the data to send to them? and? We're trying to figure out a way, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm missing how they're, they're the problem. Seth, can I try this? And maybe you correct me on this one. This is yeah, where version you, three. You do play by play and I'll do color. V, V3 <laughs> will help uh, V1 here. Uh, yeah. Josh, as I see it with the legacy systems, uh, essentially they're pulling from the same data source, which is Ivan's. Ivan's in and of itself has built-in restrictions and then contingent upon how well you as a, as a legacy or a management system play with Ivan's will determine the amount of data, the speed, the flow, the access that they provide. And so what we're dealing with is um, the same pot that we're all looking at, but there's a game of telephone that's being played because by the yeah. time the data hits us as the end user who needs that data as the agency owner, uh, we are held captive to both where it started at Ivan's and then the restrictions associated with our management system. But it's in the carrier's best interest. If we can have a free flow directly to us, we can leverage, utilize, um, and go gangbusters with that data. So, so Seth or Josh, one of you, that's um, how I see it. Well, so just to 
make sure I'm understanding the currently the way it's set up is Ivan's uh, contains all the data and the carrier, you know, carrier, carrier, Ivan's AMS. That's right. The and, and the structure. And so the data is at the carrier. Uh, Ivan's is the inner, the middle man or whatever. And the then governor. Yeah. And then the AMS or us, basically our Another, systems are down here. An- Another governor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, 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 there's two things involved here. Um, one, it's just a technology problem. Um, so the availability, the data is everywhere. Um, the insights are everywhere, but the technology was just never built to value it. It was built in the 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s, when all of this stuff didn't exist. And so it, it, a lot of it is just limitations, a life cycle and age of systems and the architecture that we've built a, a trillion or $6 trillion industry around, right? So some of it is age, the other is cultural. So it's only in the last, you know, call it since 2007, we've even got to the open architecture idea where everything should be published and open and move. Everything used to be proprietary and move up and down and be regulated and owned. And so if you look at the age of the systems and the culture for under which they were built, it's just neither of them fit with the day and time, the place that we're in right now. And so I don't think anything is bad about anything that, you know, Ivan's or any of those people, they're not bad people. They're good people trying to do good things. Yeah. They're just dealing with a bunch of legacy systems. They're making billions of dollars on it. So, Hey, what's broken for me? Yeah. You know, we're, we're entering the racetrack and we're going to go to race and we are provided a golf cart as opposed to the Ferrari next to us. And really we could be driving a Ferrari. So what is, um, so I guess, the next step in this conversation is what, what are the factors preventing the insurance companies from just sending the data directly to us and using um, a company like Ivan's as a go-between? Twofold. I'll answer that one. Number one, systematically and technologically, what the freak are they going to send it to? So the, the chassis by which the data comes in, where is that going to go? Number two, there's such a splinter, a splintering or a I, Cass always says, you know, um, the, the, the Indian and the cowboy story. He always references that. And I love it that it wasn't a matter of resources, but it was the fragmentation and the splintering that, that allowed the white man, you know, to pick off the Indians. But had they banded together, they could have overcame it. So it's, it's twofold. It's both the fragmentation that exists with us as insurance agency owners. Um, and then secondly, the chassis by which it needs to fall into. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I would just add to it um, for your here, people should be tuning out right now. This conversation is like <laughs> way too deep. Yeah. This is, this is like a, this is like a nerd fest on like, I mean, this is like, this is V1 like, talking I mean, to V3. <laughs> this, is, this is like a podcast of like why our sewer systems built under our roads are so poorly done. Like, if you're just driving down the road, you're like, who cares? And what I would say is to the future of the industry and to, and to try and save this so that Josh doesn't, his reputation doesn't tank is, um, the mo- forget all of that. He's right. I know what we're doing is right. It, it's, it's why does it matter now? It matters now because there's competition in the marketplace like never before. So let's just assume you agree with everything we talked about the last 15 minutes. What exists now is um, the ability for carriers to go direct, maybe even the need to go direct. 
insure tech, people trying to solve um, pain points within our broken processes that make them more valuable. Um, you see all sorts of things coming into the marketplace to go after the consumer. And at this moment, agents are at a gunfight with a knife. Because our technology, because that NerdFest hasn't evolved, we are being asked to compete against um, distribution forces that are, have much more firepower from, uh, than us. And, and frankly, I think that's not fair. And we can't win a war where the other guys have guns and we're holding up Swiss Army knives. And so to Wes's point, now is the point where agents who have a future focus, who have a lifetime left in this business to say, wait a minute, if there's a gunfight at town and if I'm at a disadvantage, what do I need to do now so that I can win? And that's really where we're at with the future is leveraging behaviors, leveraging technology and leveraging our agencies together uh, to his to his analysis, uh, analogy, so that we can force change to happen, not not to be disruptive, but to have a fair fight. Because I believe if Josh and Wesley have a fair fight and Seth, we're going to win our fair share. Yeah, totally. And let me say, um, I'm seeing the comments on this as we discuss. And um, Nick James said, "I love this so much. I'll go full on down the rabbit hole with this conversation." Oh, you will. Okay, never <laughs> and, mind. And, I completely and, misread. <laughs> and Zach Zach Mefford said, "We enjoy this way more than you think." Oh, so, okay. Um, well, then you know what? Let's get into APIs. Let's get into data lakes. Let's get into. Uh, I, I I did. I I actually. Uh, because I get asked the question a lot of, of you know, what version three Seth says really uh, eloquently. I actually, I, I wrote an article, not an article, just a stupid Facebook post about Carl Malone. Because as everyone freaking knows, Carl Malone is the number one power forward to play the game of basketball. Okay, I said it, so it's a fact. Carl Malone, when he spoke in third person, he spoke about the environment of the NBA very, very well. And I loved when he spoke because he always referenced himself as Carl Malone. He said, when I played in the NBA, Carl Malone was held hostage by the owners of these teams. And it was like rabbit hunting. I can't even begin to try to do his accent. And Carl Malone was a rabbit. And these owners, they had a shotgun and they were picking off the rabbits one by one. We couldn't do much. Yeah. Well, the game and the NBA itself has evolved. And what Carl Malone noticed, and he said it in third person, is now these boys, what Carl Malone is seeing is that these bunnies, they now have the shotgun. And so the owner isn't dictating everything in its entirety. The player has a say. The player in the NBA and in the game has a say. Now, people can argue that this way, it's hurting the game that way or whatever. But Carl Malone explained the insurance industry pretty well. We, with, as, it, as it pertains to our data, in some regards, we are a bunny, you know, that is being hunted with a shotgun. And what we're saying is let's give the bunnies some shotguns and we can do this. And, and no disrespect or hurting. And that analogy is pretty strong of anybody or, or anything. But if there is going to be, you know, a war and or a fight, let's make it fair. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I just as a disclaimer, I don't advocate for the harming uh, or, or bunny violence in any way. So I don't want to be tagged into Carl Malone does. Carl Malone I do. Does. I do. As long but as what, you eat it. That's but, what I, but he he is right using bunny violence as the analogy. Um, what what this all has come to is, uh, you know, Zach Meniford at Coverage Direct or whoever else. It's like now everybody realizes that the person who owns that customer relationship is has tremendous value. And if they had the right tools, they could become 
the source data for very powerful information. So agents have been kicked around for too long about this idea of, oh, you're going to be replaced. When in fact, if we did it right, we own a very important part of the distribution chain and a tremendous amount of value in understanding the consumer, understanding what a successful agency can do, and understanding what carriers do to either help or detract from that process. And so um, I think now is the moment where if we take a little bit of professional pride and think about the value we have in the chain, if you're willing to invest yourself into to, to making that part of your agency value, then you've got a long run rate in this industry. And so um, I'm, I'm extremely interested in doing that personally for Zinc. I want that to happen. And I want that to happen to every independent agent who has the drive to do it. Um, so I want to ask, this is basically a, um, uh, not necessarily related to what we're talking about, but it popped into my head and I want to ask because you two are like super technologically savvy. Um, and I was, I've had this conversation with like five people over the last two days. So related to this conversation, say we can say, say this um, becomes a reality and, um, what we're discussing, trying to get into the aid, the hands of independent agency owners. It's going to be a reality. So it's, just, well, let's keep so, talking yeah. about it, but okay. say this happens, right? Um, what's, what do you think that like is how beneficial is this going to be? Um, when so much of like, say auto insurance, it, I guess I'm really trying to spit this out. <laughs> So there's a lot of um, discussion and there's some reality behind vehicles becoming automated, right? Like self-driving cars, that kind of thing. Um, that's going to disrupt the insurance industry. And I know people for decades have always said, oh, sky's falling, sky's falling, depending on what it is, right? Um, but do you guys think that that is really going to happen in the next like 10, 15 years? And if so, like, is this, how important is this? data, this discussion we're having right now, if that, you know, if auto insurance basically kind of goes away? Well, I'll take a crack at that. Um, <clears throat> yes, it, it is valuable. And, and, and maybe step back from auto because that's kind of like um, we tie too much thinking to product line and that becomes a distraction. But think about um, the information that auto will make, right? So what we're learning is that cars become devices, right? And those devices, in your instance, they may not need as much insurance because they can they can perform better than humans can. Mm -hmm. But in that that same auto makes data, right? So it's it's making information. Agents are not being allowed because of our technology to participate in that. So perhaps we can slow the the decline of auto if we had access to that. Think about um. Think about IoT because that's really what you're talking about here is machines making information and then us being as an industry being ghosted because the information. Yes. Can, yeah. So if you look at that, um, think about um, wearables, like right? for instance, I'm, I'm obsessed with this right now. Yes. Think about uh, So in workers comp in Arizona, you're working on a large general contractor and the workers comp premium is millions of dollars, right? Okay. Um, but if you had wearable technology on the, on the employees that could predict claims, um, and that information could be in the hands of a salesperson or a customer service rep at an agency. So when they spoke to the customer, they could talk about behaviors uh, that their employees are doing, things that they could do to lessen the likelihood of a claim. That's information, but we don't have access to it. Think about all the sensors that are being put into things. Those sensors are being manufactured. 
Um, carriers are stamping them as underwriting devices. They're giving them to us. To, they're giving those to us as agents to distribute to carriers. I mean, to customers, and then the customers um, install them in their homes or their devices or cars. And where does the data go? Back to the manufacturer and back to the carrier. It skips yep. right over the agent. So if we had the systems by which information was aggregated around us, we then can add the value of our consulting, um, our expertise, and our concern for the customer's performance. And so I think there's a way for us to insert ourselves back into the process by using those data, those data points, bringing them into systems where we can now look at them and add value to them for the consumer. And I think that's the moment we're in. So IoT has to be part of agency technology and whether it be wearables for workers comp, whether it be cars going down the road, fleets, whether it be devices and homes, all of that information right now is being architected away from agents, which makes us more vassal kings. We yeah. should be fighting for the rights. There should be a civil rights that agents who sell devices and, 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 and have them download them for carriers, that we should have access to it. The systems don't exist to do it, and we've got to change that. I'm working on it. Love that. Okay, so next step, like what's the next step in getting there? I know that you're, you have been working on something. So can we get into that a little bit? Well, can I jump in before Seth jumps yeah. into that part? Yeah. I because I, I was thinking of this quote that came up that will will probably tee him off perfectly. And I think everyone's read this quote or seen this meme somewhere, uh, and maybe they they forgot the importance of it. Uh Airbnb, the world's largest accommodation provider, owns no real estate. Alibaba, the most valuable retailer, has zero inventory. Our boys, Zuckerberg at Facebook, the world's most popular media content creates no content. Uber, that's the, the, the new player to the game. The world's largest taxi company owns no vehicles. When you take the parity that exists between Uber, Facebook, Alibaba, and Airbnb, they are masters of the aggregation of data. They are masters of the utilization of data. They, 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 they Uber, like I, I, I want to, I'm going to just do a little focus on them and then let Seth jump in yeah, Uber ahead. right now, if we're serious and we think about it, like when they came out, it was flashy. It was exciting. It was great. It cost less than a taxi. Now I, I travel a lot. Uh, I get off the airport and you go to the taxi uh, line and it is stagnant and sitting there. You go to the spot where the Ubers are coming, dude, it is just a revolving door. Yeah. But from an economical perspective, now in any city that you go in, more than likely the taxi is less money than actually the Uber is. But Uber created an experience contingent upon data that is so much more enjoyable than the taxi. And they did such a great job at it that they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So what I would say is as insurance agents going back, agency owners going back to the gold that we have, you know, within our own backyard, we have that data. It's now just going to be a matter of how do we position that data? How do we structure that data? Um, we can do this. We are going to do this. Um, and we should use the example of our predecessors that are doing this. And, and that's the brilliance of Seth is, um, what he has created and what will perpetuate and continue to be created is it's a reality. Yep. And Seth, before you start talking, I wanted to say like one of the coolest things that, so um, 
when I this this show this podcast has only been since um, this year January right and yeah. um, there's a lot of things have come out of it that I've not expected like completely separate from what I was hoping and one of the things is I get to meet all these people who I end up finding based on conversations and discussions even outside of this how much of a heart and passion they have for this industry for the independent insurance industry and i do too and so when i get to like meet these people like wes like you seth it's it's super cool like i really love it because i just love and all these people they're all abundance mindset right it's not like oh you're my enemy you're the competition it's not it's like how can we do this how can i help you what can we do together how can we build this um and so anyway, I, I just want to say that because Jared, I'll throw this on the screen, said, Seth, I love where your heart is. Your purpose is why you're my hero. Um, so I anyway. Jared Bellman. I, <laughs> I, I, you know what? He, we, him and I connected on social for um, back with the 5 a.m. club. And somehow this I was new to social media and somehow I muted him. So like, <laughs> I didn't know, but like here, he, I, I basically ghosted him for like a year or something on my settings. And finally, one day I figured it out, I'm like, Hey, I, I think I, I think I've been ignoring you for a year. So this is my first chance to really apologize in public for not. <laughs> that so um, listen, I have, I have no other, I have no plan B. If this, if, if zinc doesn't work out for me, I'm broke. Yeah, uh, I never went to college. I barely graduated high school. This industry has given me a shot. I have so far overachieved. I owe it to I owe it to myself, and I owe it to this industry to give back to it. I've always wanted to give back, and I've always been working on solutions for agents. Even when I was volunteering um, at at associations, even when I started Indium, a market access provider, it was to give my competitors access to markets. And and now I think it's just the latest thing is technology, and so. Um, I think this is just a way to give back. And, and, I, and I think agents have not been treated fairly. And I fundamentally disagree with, with privilege. I think privilege is the problem in this industry. If someone asked me the other day, what am I trying to do? I am trying to democratize opportunity. I don't care what you do with it. If you're an agent in Shoeville, Ohio, and you squander your wealth, it doesn't matter to me at all. And I don't want to sound like a jerk, but I don't care as long as you had a chance. And so we are at a moment where technology can and should be used to democratize opportunity for agents. And out of the, out of the agent pool that exists now, there are going to be some who take advantage of it and use it. And they're going to make, they're going to do the most amazing things with it. And that gets me excited. They don't have the tools. They don't have the tools to do it. And, and that's what frustrates me. And so to the question of what I'm doing, I am trying to build systems um, friendly to carriers friendly to agents that allow us to come together and focus our concern on the consumer. For too long, we have allowed technology to dictate how we do business and interact with the customer. And it has left us as an embarrassing stain on the consumer base that we're trying to serve. And so I'm done with it. I, I am retiring in 4,988 days. That's November 14th of 2032. I am turning my agency over to the people who build it, my coworkers, right? And so I'm on a clock. I cannot wait. I can't go back to them and say, hey, you know what? Um, give me five more years to suck the cream out of this business, right? I've got to make something happen. And, and when I looked at it, it wasn't our people because we got awesome people. And I think most IAs do have awesome people. It wasn't our process because you know what? We're pretty smart freaking people over here. And I'm sure you guys are too. It, when, the only thing that hadn't evolved for us was the technology. 
And so I went to every technology vendor in the industry that we would call the legacy and they all laughed. They all just said, you know what? No, that's not what we do. We manage policies. We manage X dates and, and we connect with carriers and we move policies back and forth. The rest of it, go snap it on, go bolt it on and, and, and have fun with it. And when I met Jeff Roy and I saw his 40 technologies, my head exploded because he's the one guy who can do it, but none of the, none, no one else can do it. And even he's getting tired of it. Yeah. So I just said, hey, let's put this thing on one system. An agency needs automation, period. And it should all talk to each other and it should all serve the consumer. And in the end, it should make data and that data should be used by that agency to improve its services, to improve its margin and bottom line and to improve its value with carriers. And that's that's what I'm focused on building. And I got some wicked partners. We got killer strategy and we're coming out shooting, you So so what what. um can can you give um, more information on that, even if it's still an overview? Like, are I mean, are we talking about a management system? Are we talking about a comparative rater that's also tied in? Um, like, well, Josh, how much do you like to be managed? Do you, do, how do you love people managing you? How about no. I manage you? Do you no. How about I manage the podcast? <laughs> Don't you want me to manage your time? <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Can we just shoot the management system thing? Can okay. we? I mean, could you, could this be the podcast where we just shoot management? What? Give me a better term to use. Give me a better term. Let's automate agencies. Let's okay. let's use technology to empower and automate behaviors with an agency. So if you think about it, what do agencies need to be able to do? They need to be able to prospect, right? We have no tools for prospecting. I, I was at an event the other day with the best agencies in the country with a carrier, and the number one tool for prospecting was the Kiwanis, the, the, the Chamber of Commerce and networking groups, right? So we need to be able to prospect in a sophisticated way, the same way Adidas, the same way Tesla prospects, we need to be able to prospect. When we find a prospect base that serves us as an agency and our carriers, we need to be able to market to them. And that marketing should score those customers so that our salespeople are only working on the most interested people to our agency and the carriers we represent. And when we sell those people, we should turn them over to a world-class customer experience. And customer experience is not customer service. It's providing all the, the things that a customer wants, some of which is policy information, but most of which is experience, advice, and consultation. Yet the tools we have are meant to manage our policy expiration dates and, and all those things. And if you could do all of that, right, if you could create a seamless line of behaviors from, from prospecting to marketing to sales to customer experience, you now have a, cust a view of the customer journey that nobody else has. And so if you could leverage artificial intelligence and machine learning to produce insights in the moment for the people in your agency so that when a customer interaction happens, they have everything at the tip of their finger, man, that would be the berries, wouldn't it? Well, and what he's saying too, it's, and you don't isolate that to one singular agency because that is one of the pitfalls that I experienced in trying to do every single thing he just said is who the heck is, you know, I just saw Ayers is on this, this podcast. Yeah, who the him. heck, who the heck is this, you know, this Mormon boy out of Utah? Um, you know, and that's, and that's what you get diminished to from your value when you're a singular agency. But the, the first round is 10 agencies and like, these are some powerhouse, hungry, forward thinking, ready to rock and roll agencies. And the data that the machine will be utilizing to learn is going to be aggregated from, you know, 10 top notch agencies. And the data is going to be efficient, effective. Um, and it's not one guy, you know, meeting, 
the bully at the flagpole. It starts with 10. And then it continues forward as people begin to see the vision that the collection of our data, we are not enemies. We can't look at each other as enemies. You know, we, 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 we can compete. Like I can get on the court with you, Josh, and play some basketball and I'm going to freaking smoke you. But when uh, the, it's not even going to be close. Okay, but when the whistle right. blows, we're going to high five and we're good to rock and roll. The insurance world can be the same thing. And there's a movement that's happening that agents are feeling, doing, and seeing that. Like we don't have to fight against each other because while we squabble amongst the crumbs and fight each other, there are people that will make movements if we don't do it. They're going to they're do it. And there's, so plenty of market, there's plenty of market share out there. So, so much. We, we, are, we are better here. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And, yeah. and, and, and you know what? I'm happy, to, I'm happy to go with Josh and I'm happy to go to Wes. And you know what? If there is a shootout in Main Street, Broadview Heights, Ohio, between me and Josh over a home and auto policy, and <laughs> oh my, and Josh wins. Josh, I tip my cap for thou, and I say you beat me, right? So I just, I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna live in a world where you and I are enemies or we're competitors and we have to poison the water in each other. It's like there are hundreds of millions of customers. There's going to be between what call it 10 and 25,000 agencies in the next 10 or years, there is nothing but blue ocean for all of us, but why not create margin and leverage what we have together as opposed to being leveraged? Josh, if you look at the top 20% of our marketplace in terms of agents, they're aggregating volume and they have private equity money that's allowing them to aggregate volume and create margin that you and I don't have. If you look at the bottom 20% of our industry, they're aggregating non-performance into aggregators and they're actually getting paid as if it were performance. Mm -hmm. But you and I, the 60% in the middle, we have no effective means of aggregation, of margin creation, right? Of scale. So we can't scale on rent. We can't scale on furniture. We can't scale on people, but we could scale on information. And that's what we're missing. The tools that allow the people in the middle, the right and the righteous, the ones who deserve to win, those are the people that can't make margin because we have no effective means of scale. Technology can be our moment of scale and information that we co-create and that we use together can be the way we win. Man, Love that it. sounds like, I'm like is, that, is everyone going to war now or what? Like, I know, right? Like, I mean, come on. So, <laughs> so, okay, so. I get fired up, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So what you're working on is called Neon, right? Um, the product is called Neon, yeah. Product is called Neon. So um, one question um, Rob Lopez asked is, what are some steps that like a standard agency need to do to be ready for Neon once it's available? And and um, we had also, um, I wanted to, you know, what does it need to look like? What positions need to be budgeted for? Like, what do we need to expect in order to to make good use and be prepared for, for this? It's a good question. I, I'm getting it a lot and I've got like a talk track around it. So it's going to sound really polished because that is the number one question. Um, so there are two types of agents in the world. There are lifestyle agents and there are performance-based agencies. Lifestyle agents will not be welcome at Neon, not because they're not great people, but because they don't see dat data as an important part of what they do. They just want to collect the check and do their thing. And they're happy if they're the biggest show in their hometown. And if they've got a boat and a condo in Myrtle Beach, they're happy, right? So if you're a lifestyle agent, I don't want to know you. Not because you're not awesome, but it's because you're going to bring down the quality of what we're trying to do. 
But if you're a performance-based agency, if you want to win, and if you see um, data and insights as a way you can scale and grow, then you should be ready for a couple of things. First of all, is your culture ready? Is your whole organization, not just you as an agency owner, have you built an organization where the people are there are excited and value information? Or are they just happy with their jobs? So get your cultural house in order. Make sure that you're preparing your people for the day when what they do and how they do it is just as important as the outcomes, right? The second thing you should do is look at your uh, the economy of your finances. If you look at all of this stuff, it does cost a little bit more. It makes you 10 times more, but you should definitely have a working budget where you're starting to think about, well, what am I going to have to invest in? Where's the money going to come from? And then the third thing you should do is you should look at your data as an asset. And so when I talk to a lot of agents and I ask them about their agency management system, I talk about the rules of governance. And, and Wesley probably can talk a, a lot about that. Um, they have no structure within their data sets. And so people put first name, last name. They put all sorts of problems in there. All of those things um, become a problem when they go, try to bring their data into NEON. And so get your data house in order. Make sure that you're using your systems the right way, that you're using fields the right way, so that the, when the day comes for you to move into these kind of environments, that you're gonna be ready to do it. Well, and, so, and Josh, I, I wanna jump in right here. One yeah. of the things that, and maybe Seth, uh, and we're gonna see each other in person in a couple of days, so I can further elaborate on this with him. But one of the, you know, I'm, I'm trying to fight. I'm still that young guy, scrappy on the table. You know, uh, I wanna bring great value to the table. One of the value propositions uh, that I've casually suggested with Seth, but that we want to do at Agent CVA is to be able to help the aggregation or the movement of data be seamless. And so uh, that a virtual assistant can take it from whatever legacy platform that you're in and 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 put it uh, where it needs to be and in the correct format and 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 take and, and make that happen because um, you know, you see this all the time when someone gets fed up with the billing structure with the management system and then they want to go to another one. And the story is the same story. That management system they're leaving says, yeah, you can leave, but give me a check for five grand yeah. on your data. You can leave, sure. And that individual's on the ropes of like, I am so done with you. You've messed up my billing. You've hurt my client. You've caused me potentially, you know, the extreme, an E&O issue. Um, I got to go. And the management system says, hey, while you're on your way out, write me a check for 5K. So right. what I want to be able to help is to make that sting as little as possible. And that's just going to take time. Like the, like the 10 agencies that are going to be working at the starting, like there's going to be, I mean, I've, I've seen this game played in a different way. There is going to be a lot of interaction, a lot of pain, a lot of solution. Um, but if our end goal, like he, he hit on, like we, we want the agents, the industry to be better, we're going to be fine and we're going to we're going to see this through. Um, but that is a part that I really want to own, take and help uh, with the resources that I have access to. Awesome. Um, I, I love that. I, I love that. Um, Seth. Um, so you had said, you know, I'm, I personally, I would love to know at least some sort of idea or ballpark on, you know, when you say it's going to cost a little bit more because, you know, one, it's the first thing of its kind for the most part. And two, like, you know, there's a lot more going on here. What, like, is there, I'm obviously not trying to nail you down on pricing right now. Right. Wow. But like, are we talking, the hard clothes from <laughs> are we talking like, 
you know, the expectation? Should we assume like double what a normal, you know? Uh, no, um, no. So here, what I'll tell you, and we're still working on finalized pricing, but um, we will be in line with industry best technology and we okay. have to be. Um, but here's what I'll tell you with that. That's, that's, that's to run customer experience and, and sales. Marketing is a key part of agencies being successful and most have no budget for that right now. So if you ask most agents what they have for marketing technology, uh, they, they don't have it. Or they yeah. have a $700 a month system that sends out emails and, and they do little with it. So th there are things that you can bolt on to Neon that make it more expensive, but it also makes it more effective. But in terms of running your agency, if you will, it'll cost no more than other industry standards. What I would tell you is that our model makes agents money. Yeah. And so if you look at all of this, um, you write more business, and I can show you how we've been using it at Zinc, because Zinc is running 100% on Neon right now. I mean, oh, and, nice. and every piece of Zinc, which is uh, right now a $16 million agency, is running end-to-end -end on Neon. So we're doing it. So I know it works, and I know it makes money. Um, but you got to invest in things and like people to run the stuff. And do most agencies have someone doing marketing right now? No, they have a CSR doing it when they can. So yeah. the, 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 the associated cost with it really comes from the strategy and the people and some technology costs to make an agency go. And so what I'm asking agents to think about in terms of budget is maybe you don't get to make so much this year. Maybe, maybe instead of making what you make now, you have to hire a marketing person. And if you don't have that money set aside, then that's going to hurt, right? Mm -hmm. so there are behaviors and people that people don't have in their agency, but they want the juice. Well, you don't get the juice without the squeeze, and the squeeze is going to be felt by the agency owner. And so the agency owner's got to have that mindset like, hey, you know what? Maybe over the next 36 months, I personally don't get to make so much, but the value of my agency is going to exponentially grow. So oh, it's yeah. an investment. Love that. Yeah. Love that. I'm making less now. I mean, here, this is a little embarrassing, but it's true. I'm making less now in 2019 as the owner of Zinc than I did in 2014. But I would tell you my net worth is significantly more because what I am not taking home in W-2 payroll, I am growing an enterprise in a really fast way that makes it more valuable. So what do you want? You want steak on the plate tonight? This may not be the play for you. But if you want steak the rest of your life, think about it. Yep. That's a lot. That's a lot well, to uh, a strong cup of coffee. I'm sorry. No, it's great. <laughs> I get fired up about this stuff. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, so, uh, anything else you guys want to add on this topic? Anything we I, missed? I think we hit a lot. That yeah, was good. I, would say, I would say one thing. Um, we talked about it in the beginning, and it matters. Carriers need to come with us. Yeah. So we've talked about agents, we've talked about agency technology, we've talked about industry technology, but we haven't talked about carriers. Agents cannot do this alone. Carriers can't do it without agents and agents can't do it without carriers. And so um, we need to nurture, educate, be patient with, inform, and also force carriers to make the necessary investments so that we can do this together. There's a time here, a legacy life cycle in agency or carrier technology that's coming to an end and agents need to be informing them, help inform them on the key behaviors and agencies that win the customer over so that they can make coordinated and integrated investments in technology to support what we're trying to do. So don't cut the carrier out on this. When I hear lots of people like running up to the castle with pitchforks and, and, and torches wanting to burn it down, 
we need the carriers on this. So we need to nurture those relationships and work with them to, to do it. And here's what I'll tell you. I'm working a lot nationally with carriers and they want to do it. Yeah. Because what we're paying, they're paying 100 times more for. It. And the data that we have, they want to get it out because it makes them better. So they are going to come with us. It's going to take a brave few to cut the cord and start it. But when we start it, it's not going to be any problem to keep this snowball growing. Who? Uh, so how... What does that look like for for the agency owners? Like, who are we? Should we be talking to our carrier reps? Should you know anybody above them? Well, yeah. Well, I, th- I think carrier reps is a little bit low on that, and I and and a lot of people get dragged into regional vice presidents. What you should, be, if you're an agency principal and you have the chance to interact with the C-suites of carriers, yep. whether it be the CIO or TO of the of a of a carrier, um, director of sales, CMOs and marketers. CFOs, those are the kind of people that really make the decisions on that stuff. They need to know that there's a group of agents that are getting ready to go and do this and that they should come with us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and ultimately, Josh, I think one of the things that has to be acknowledged is how much fear exists in in Seth's voice. How much fear (laughs) is there in his conviction? Yeah. Zero. And and so, so that's, it's something to be noted Uh, too often. Um, insurance people discredit themselves with with things technological and they they look at it as a fear because they maybe don't understand some of the complex natures but they're better than they think and there shouldn't be that fear um the fear needs to be dissolved like it is a good time to be an insurance agency owner like this Mm -hmm. is awesome news this is nothing but great um but you can't the, the two worst things that could happen from a message or a podcast like today are number one, you get fearful or number two, you get complacent. Um, yeah. you, you, you can't have that. Like it, there, there is a movement and a shift that's taking place and, and fear and complacency have no part of it. And so it's just, it's, it's important if you don't have, you know, that confidence in yourself or your technological aptitude, you got to look at the conviction of someone like Seth, like it's okay. It's going to be okay. Like, we're, we got this. Like, we're good. Yeah. We got this. Everybody wins this time, Josh. Everybody wins this time, but you got to want it. And if you don't want it, it's over. So there's room for everybody, but you got to want it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so Seth, how can somebody ask if there's a Seth Zaremba fan club? Uh, how do they join? <laughs> well, so how can people find you? Like, how, Who how is do we John Galt? How do we stay um, apprised of what you're doing? You know, like, because I'm Facebook friends with you. I don't feel like I see a whole lot about what's going on. Is there like a newsletter? He's he's more on Twitter. Seth is more on Twitter. Well, here's the thing. Um, This this started... This started as a project to try and fix zinc, and it's turned into a mission. Um, What I would tell you is... I'm not a limelight guy. I'm not looking for insurance fame. I'm just trying to fix. I'm a factory worker trying to make it work for everybody. And I believe in independent agents. I believe in what the value of what we do. Um, So if there's anybody that thinks what I'm doing is awesome, then that's awesome. I would tell you, come with me, help me. Right. And and, and let's do this together. If you want to find out more about what I'm doing, I'm a pretty simple follow. It's just at Seth Zaremba on everything. Um, and, and, And I haven't been talking about neon a lot in details because what we're doing here is there's there's a lot of people that don't want this to happen. I mean, I'll be honest with you. And I don't mean to say they're bad people, but this is this is the status quo. This is me. Here's what I'll tell you. Um, they won't know until Monday morning that the vault is empty if I do it right. And, and what's they, the 
what's what's driving people to want to prevent this from moving forward? I mean, people make. I mean, Josh, come on. I mean, people are making billions of dollars on the way things are, except you and I. Yeah. And, and so it's it, it it we're this is a plantation deal. I mean, we're sitting out here picking the cotton, and everyone else is making the money. And it's like, and and if you're up in the big house, this is working pretty good for you. But my fingers are bleeding, and I'm tired in the sun, and and it's like. I, I need to figure out in, in 4,988 days, I need to, I need to make all the money I can make. I can't wait on everyone else. I can't do that. And so when, the, when carriers or, or the industry tells me, you know what, give it another five to 10 years, man, we'll be there. It's like, I don't have five to 10 years. And so, and I don't think any of us do. It's time no. to go now. Well, I, I love when a carrier or a company tells me third quarter. I feel like third quarter is like the most elusive thing on the planet. Like, yeah, yeah we year. got you. We got you in third quarter. What the heck does that mean? Like third quarter when? Like, like, and, and you ask a carrier like, yeah, no, Wes, that is beautiful. We love that. Third quarter. I'm just like, no, third quarter is now and today. And like, we'll be in third quarter. And now I have to wait for the next third quarter. And I've been waiting for a third quarter long enough. And so it is, you know, it's, it's it's a good time. Like this is, it's, it's great timing. And Josh, I mean, we'll, we'll have, um, right now we're going to go dark. I told you beforehand, this is yep. kind of the last thing we're doing because we're going into development mode. We're going to bring our pilot agencies on They're cutting the cords and we're building the sandbox for everyone to play in. So, um, but th there will be, uh, if you follow me personally at Seth Zaremba, um, follow at Zinc Insurance, um, we'll be talking a lot about it, oftentimes cryptically or sarcastically or whatever, but we'll be talking about it. And we'll announce, um, we've already got our domains bought, we're building websites, and we've got a great funnel. If you find me at events, um, I've got a form filler that you can just ask to fill out, and it'll get you on our email list and all that. Um, so it's coming. If you follow me personally, I'll make sure that everyone knows about it. And um, what I would tell people is don't worry about finding neon. If you're the right person, it's going to find you. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Wes, how can people find you? Um, <laughs> come on. Uh, I was just going to do a Nick Ayers joke, but I'm not going to, oh. um, I, my name, my parents were hippies. So they spelled my name with two S's and no E. So I am wondered like the, about that, dude. They they were just hippies, bless their hearts. Um, so I am W E S S L Y, and then a J, Anderson with an O N, and I'm most active on Facebook, and I, I have um, a lot of Facebook direct messages that that I try to uh, help people with, and I try to be a um, you know a voice of help. But that's the the best way. And I think you're smiling because I think you're, you're going to talk about Nadine. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Nadine helps me because uh, there is a lot of direct messages that are happening on Facebook um, daily. But I promise, like, my goal and my mission is, is to help and to lift up. I don't ever want to, uh, you know, leave the world as someone that detracted from it, but someone that left a great mark on it and tried. And the only way you leave a good mark on the world is lifting others and helping others. And so um, that that uh, Facebook DM has become unmanageable at times, but oh, yeah. I'm doing my best. I've got the VA helping me and she's freaking amazing. And um, but that's the best way. It's Facebook. Direct message me. Um, I'm starting to Twitter more just because of Seth. That's it. I'm on Facebook more because of you, so I blame you. <laughs> but the Facebook are all over me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Wesley J. Anderson at Facebook, and I, 
I'll help if I can with the direct messages is what I get a lot of. Yeah. Slide right into that DM, baby. Slide into them DMs. Um, Awesome. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. Seth, if there's anything I can do or we can do to help or whatever, please let me know because I would love to champion you. you. All right, man. Thank you guys so much. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, That's all we got. Have a great one. 